Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. Happy Easter. You guys are looking good. Y'all are looking good. So glad to see you here and you uh, trudge through gale force winds uh, to be here. Shows your dedication. Just this past week, Amy and I had a uh, had dinner with an old friend from college. Kind of one of those friends. Uh, we were in each other's weddings, um, and and she said that she was grateful that I would make the time to be with her since it's kind of Super Bowl week for me. Um, but then she said, and she was half joking, I think. She said, "But it can't be that hard, can it?" I mean, you've been doing this for a while now, and, and Jesus isn't more risen this year than he was last year. Let's get something straight. Writing sermons is hard. <laughs> but she's right. She's right. Easter isn't new news. No, it's good news. It is supernatural news. It is news that changes the world, but it is not new. The proclamation of Easter is the same this year as it has been every year of your life. In fact, every year since the first Easter, Jesus Christ rose from the dead, just as he said he would. He was betrayed and abandoned on Thursday night. He was beaten mercilessly on Friday morning. He was hung and then died on the cross Friday afternoon. He was laid in a nearby tomb on Friday before sunset. And a large stone cut exclusively for the purpose of sealing the entrance to the tomb was set in its place. And early Sunday morning, Jesus rose from the dead. He was not resuscitated only to die again another time. He was resurrected, defeating death, alive forevermore. Yes, Jesus is just as risen this year as he was last year. Christ is risen, and he is and always is risen. The resurrection of Jesus is not a sort of you know, rabbit's foot where it's just fine for you to believe it if that's what gets you through the day. It's not even a model that says, well, a brighter day is coming, though that may be true. No, the resurrection is a historical reality. Now, let me just spend some time with that just sort of as an aside, because I know as well as you do that dead people do not rise. But Jesus did. And there are whole books written about why the resurrection of Jesus can be trusted as an historical event. But I'm just going to give you two, sort of just two quick points for you to chew on before we get back to why, that it, why it is good news that Easter is not new news. All right, so two, two of the many Uh, reasons why you can trust the resurrection historically. Now first, all of the eyewitness accounts 
of Jesus on that Sunday morning and the weeks following have Jesus as whole, energetic, engaging, right? He's walking to Emmaus, he's eating fish, he's appearing behind locked doors and saying, peace be with you. If it was these accounts of his vitality that caused the community of disciples to begin immediately worshiping him as God. And yet, if he had just merely swooned, as some have tried to say, you know, which is to say, if the disciples and the Roman professional killers uh, were mistaken about him having died, and he had just passed out from the, you know, the pain and the loss of blood, it would have taken him weeks to recuperate and heal. I mean, if he had, in the cool air of the tomb, woken up and then found a way out of the tomb, snuck past the Roman soldiers undetected and found the disciples, his first words would not, would not have been greetings. It would have been help. And he would have been nursed and cared for. He would not have been the one doing the caring, and he would have been pitied, not worshipped. There is no account of him being nursed and cared for, only the accounts of him being worshipped immediately for having been resurrected to life. Second, the disciples were all killed in the following years as they went around proclaiming Jesus' resurrection. Now, if the resurrection was a lie, if it, was, if it was some sort of conspiracy or power grab, as some have tried to say, the disciples would not have died for it. Somebody would have cracked under the pressure. Right? Okay, okay, okay. We made it all up for crying out loud. But they were all martyred. Because they knew it was true. They would not have died for a lie. So there are a lot more reasons uh, why you can trust the resurrection as an historical event. And if you're interested, I would love to point you to those resources. Christ is risen. Christ is and always is risen. And if that's true, it changes everything. Because if Jesus is risen, then there is a God who raised him. And if there is a God who raised him, then there is a God who deserves our attention, our affection, our commitment, our worship. And that's true. But it's not new news, is it? You know what is new, though? What is, in fact, constantly being renewed is our need to hear that Jesus is resurrected. This is because the circumstances of our lives are constantly changing. None of us is in the same place this year as we were last year, the year before that. Maybe we've gone through a big change, like it was a move or a new baby or a new grandbaby or, or a new school. Maybe our marriage is in a tough spot, or our finances have changed, or our kid is in trouble, or our parents' health is declining. Maybe we've got 
a great opportunity in front of us with a lot of upside and a lot of risk too. Maybe we've been working on a really important project and it could go either way. Maybe we took a new job or we got a new boss. Or maybe we lost a friend or a spouse. Or maybe we've got a new friend or a new spouse. Our friend that we had dinner with this past week, uh, she got married not too long ago, remarried. She was telling us about uh, her one kid who was going off to college and her other kid who was coming back from college and how she was dealing with those things with her ex and, uh, and how she was getting to know her stepkids. And they got a new puppy. <laughs> you know, that's just life, isn't it? And I don't know about you, but I know that our lives are in constant motion and there are just tons of layers. And even if you're stuck in a rut, it's probably more of a rut than it was last year. And if it's not, well, hey, that's new too. And so if our life is a constellation of new stresses and new blessings and, and different uh, circumstances and changing situations, then we need to hear again and again that Jesus is alive and he is available to us. We need to know that we can trust again and again that God is in the business of resurrection. We need to believe afresh again and again that death is never the end of the story when God is involved. And that life is always promised on the other side. Now, even if resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus is not new news, we can always use a fresh application, can't we? Always. So in the midst of the, uh, our complex, constantly changing, multi-layered lives, let me quickly give you two constants. Two constants to hold on to, no matter what. Number one, the resurrection says that death has been defeated and therefore heaven is our home. Heaven is our home. Our eternal hope, our eternal happiness is not dependent upon things turning out right today. It's not dependent upon the project turning out the way we hoped it would. It's not dependent upon, upon our kid getting turned around or, or our cancer treatment being successful, though we would, of course, pray passionately for all of those things. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. Suffering and sadness and even death have not been withheld from us. But the resurrection declares that neither are they the end of the story. With the help and the strength of the risen Lord, you can get through whatever life throws at you. Because heaven is your home. Heaven's your home. That promise is on the horizon. And it is assured for you through faith because Jesus paid for your sins on the cross on Friday and he won eternal life for you on Sunday morning. So number one, death has been defeated and heaven is your home. Number two, 
the risen Lord still bears the scars of a broken world. The risen Lord still bears the scars of a broken world. Now next, year, now next week when you're with us, you'll hear about uh, Jesus and how he invited the disciple Thomas, remember this story, to, to touch his wounds, right? To put his hands in the wounds where the, the nails had been driven through and, and actually uh, for his hands and his feet and actually put his finger in the wound in his side where the spear had been stabbed. And I can only assume that the risen Lord could have risen without those scars. Right? He chose to keep them. And why would he do that? Only because we need to see them. He kept those scars because of his compassion to remind us that he understands suffering. That he understands injustice. That he has experienced frustration and broken relationships and things not going the way they should go. But he's risen just like he promised. And so he is with you always just like he promised. So no matter what you're going through, no matter what your situation is, you have a God who gets it. Who gets it? You have a God, the one true God, the creator, the almighty, who is worthy of our praise, who gets you. He lived for you. He died for you. He rose and he always is risen for you. The resurrection is not new news, but it is always good news. For sinners who need a Savior, for the exhausted who need rest, for the struggling who need guidance, for the proud who need humbling, for the lost who need to be found. The resurrected Jesus is very good news, for He will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Alleluia. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.